Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast. This is the episode for the Libra New Moon, which is on September the 28th, but more on that in a little bit. Um, first of all, let's introduce ourselves. So, Jen, you go first. Hi, I'm Jen Duchen of jenduchen.com, and uh, I help my clients illuminate their wisdom, hear their guidance to activate their soul's choice, which can fire up your creative and fulfilling, joyful life. And I do that through Akashic readings, uh, numerology, and my illuminating journey cards that I created with the help of the Akashic records. Uh, Are you done? Yeah, we'll we'll tell you how to find us at the end as always. But um, I'm Louise Eddington. I am a soul astrologer and writer, author of Modern Astrology, Harness the Stars to Discover Your Soul's True Purpose, my first book. Currently just finishing up editing of my second book, which will be out in the new year. So uh, very exciting. I'm more excited about the next one even than the first one. And um, I help uh, my clients to live in self-awareness and self-acceptance through readings, a membership, my writings and more, but more on that afterwards. So a little bit of housekeeping first. We do have one question that we'll be answering um, towards the end of the um, of the episode. But please, if you have any questions, send them to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com. And one question will be chosen at random. No personal details will be given out on air. And we also have Patreon, patreon.com weirdlymagical where we'll be producing Patreon-only content. I think that was it for the housekeeping. But before we dive into the actual um, energy of the new moon, we've both pulled a card. So, Jen, what's your card this time? So my card is the Soul Portal number five. And for those of you who can't see it, there's a, a figure of a woman could be a priestess or something in the front holding a like a staff with flame and in the middle standing in the middle of a ring of rose petals and around there's a maze um, in the distance a lot of mazes and there's a persimmon and a raven or crow and in the distance like this beautiful pink city and in the background, there's like the um, kind of sky or ocean, and there's a little boat. And is that the earth at the background? Yes, the earth is in the background right there. And there's the little boat. And it's a five. And the, Right, it's a five. Is it five degrees? <laughs> I know, it's pretty wild. Uh, and, so, and it has pomegranate seeds in the front. So it's, uh, it, to me, this uh, talks about taking an adventure uh, and a, a maze, which when you have a maze, we have the word amazing. It's all about traveling into the unknown with joy or just being okay with not knowing what's coming around the corner because you can't see anything. The hedges are too high. Mm. And trusting the journey, knowing you're going, you know, in the right direction, even if you're a little off course. 
So it feels very appropriate for this because to me there's a sense of needing to have a balance or certainty like this figure in the front. It's that the guide who leads us or we lead ourselves knowing that uh, all is well no matter what. And incidentally, um, this new moon is Venus ruled because it's Libra. And I I always think, well, pink and green are both colours very associated with Venus. Um, and pink right. and Libra particularly also the pomegranates um, Venus was also um, associated with the pomegranate in many uh, ways as a lot of the goddess stories were as well mm. so there's a lot of um, they're very in alignment everything that's coming up and to add to that I picked the Venus card <laughs> The colours are similar. That's so funny. Very similar. So this is the Empress card. You can see the lovely moon over here and the Empress throne. And um, it's going see-through because it's green (laughs) on my green screen. But when we have the lovely swan and the Empress is uh, the principle of love with wisdom. She's the Earth mother. And of course, Venus rules kind of the Earth. So this is a very um, loving new moon personally i think or finding some balance again to be honest we're recording this the day before the full moon in pisces um if you listen to the last episode and well uh, from for my household that's come in the form of a virus but um i'm seeing a lot of challenges um under this full moon that's happening right now before we record um And I think this new moon is inviting us to really bring some balance in after kind of this chaotic time that we're going through as we record, because it is very chaotic because we're in this mutable T-square and um, Saturn is about to station direct on the 18th. Um, The Jupiter and Neptune are about to have their third and final exact square on September the 21st. And uh, they're both in their own signs and their mutable signs, which is chaos in itself. Um, before, also before the new moon, we have the sun entering Libra. So we have the equinox and, um, and the Vesta will also station retrograde. So we have a lot of shifting to do between now and this new moon. But Libra is the sign of balance. And and the new moon itself in the chart is at five degrees and 20 minutes of Libra, um, opposing uh, Chiron at three degrees and 34 minutes of Aries, almost exactly in conjunct aspect to Uranus in Taurus, which is um, the other Venus ruled sign. So we've got Libra and Venus and Taurus in play. A couple of other things we'll talk about um, probably most notably Saturn is conjunct the south node of the um, moon and this being a moon new moon on the same day at 13 degrees so um, I'm not going to go into all the placements but Jen do you want to start talking about the numbers and we'll let it flow as usual sure so of course what's fascinating is the sun and moon at five degrees because five is a number of uh, change and it's uh, it, when you look at five, it sits on a rocker. It's open on both sides. So it invites fluidity. And it's interesting that we have Mercury right there also at a five at 23 degrees. 
because that's about being open to communication, open to change, open to what's around us, to what we are present to, as opposed to wanting what we think we're supposed to have or what we decided on a long time ago. Uh, so this is very much the energy of an adventurous spirit coming through, wanting um, to upset the apple cart. So I think even though this moon is a loving moon, there's still the energy of this is what love looks like. It's being willing to adapt and change and and be more social and more willing to go, here's the ground rules and here I can I can be flexible here, I can change my mind here. So it actually is a great way to um, liberate yourself if you think about Libra being the liberator in a sense there's that connection right you liberate yourself by getting away from being attached to things or how you want things to turn out uh, also of interest is this is happening on the 28th so that is a 28 is a very interesting number it adds up to 10 and then makes a one so we know it's about new beginnings about the individual our focus what are we focusing on and it is also about trusting what is true for us so much of this uh, time or what we normally do is we don't trust our own voices. We trust others. And so this number is telling us that we have to trust who we know we can trust. So trusting ourselves, trusting our own path, uh, trusting what feels right instead of going along because, oh, oh, they said it and all these people are saying it. Let's just go along. So that's something to pay attention to. Remembering we are in a 21 month, so all month long, this is the month of, uh, on the universal scale, this is a month of speaking our truth, discovering our truth, uh, kind of being creative about our truth. And this gives us a 22 universal day, which is also a um, master number. And we've seen the 22 show up a lot. It's going to show up more because it's linked to... Um, next year 2020 is a 22 um, and it's linked to our intuition as well as uh, it adds up to a four it gives us this grounding of remembering uh, what's important so when you put the four and the five together and there's a lot of that happening in this chart it's on one hand we're taking what's in the instability and creating stability by moving and shifting but staying grounded um, which is a lot of the teachings, the spiritual teachings that we've uh, been getting in the last few years. Mm. Also, you know, the, the just the very uh, symbol Libra, you know, is is kind of a, a symbol of scales and balance. But the the glyph for it is also sunrise and sunset. So it, it depends which side you of the um, hemisphere you're on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the globe, you know, which hemisphere you're on. <laughs> And um, so I want to include the antipodeans here, but um, you know, it's, it's kind of saying it's a new beginning, but also it's a cycle, like the cycle of the seasons, but we're really um, beginning with this five of the change coming out of this chaotic time. As I already said, um, Mercury, um, Jen mentioned is also at a five a 23, now, Mercury is exactly opposed to Eris at 23 degrees in the chart as well. And Black Moon Lilith is also at 23 degrees of Pisces. Um, Eris at 23 Aries. 
Now, I think that's very significant because Eris went a little bit quiet for a while there. She slipped over to 24 degrees, wasn't making any major long-term aspects. But Eris is one of the newly discovered dwarf planets. And she is really, um, literally, as in her myth, is upsetting the apple cart. Um, And she is going to square off next year to this um, Pluto... um, Saturn conjunction and then Pluto and Eris will lead up to an exact square and 23 is Eris's number (laughs) it's her number it's also the number very associated with humans um we've got 23 pairs of chromosomes I wrote a whole article on it back in March I think um there's 23 so many things associated with our body um of course uh, goes to a five and that's the Vitruvian man we have the head two arms and and two legs um you know so it feels like uh you know she upsets the apple cart she upset the apple cart of astrology for a start and astronomy because her discovery demoted Pluto and promoted Ceres um (laughs) um in the astronomical world they still do the same astrologically of course and in the myth she caused the trojan war by by revealing um unfairness um and artifice and that's what's happening now so i do think the fact that all this you know with 23 and the five being all that jen said and these kind of disruptive energies. And I do think there's going to be something in the media that's probably going to further shake us yet again <laughs> as it keeps happening. But um, <coughs> as we move towards this kind of upgraded consciousness, um, she's coming in, she's back at her own number, shaking us up again. I also think that in conjunct to Uranus in Taurus is shaking us up a bit again as well. Yeah. So yes, while, there, while it is a very loving new moon, it's got some very kind of um, benevolent shake-up energy, I think. not um, And, you know, some of it might be a shock and a surprise, but I think it's this kind of shake-up where good always comes of it is, is kind of my feeling. I always think of Uranus as more kind of the benevolent rebel rebel kind of revealing a sudden awareness that leads to something better. And I mean, generally things do always anyway, but um, then that's, sorry, sorry. sorry. No, go on. No, no, I want you to carry on. Um, We'll go to Saturn in a minute. I wanted you to. uh, Well, I was just, as you were talking, I was counting how many fives. So there's five fives in this chart. And of course, Uranus is at five as well as is Eris, which is there. Some of them are at the 23, some of them are at the five, uh, which is actually pretty fair. Uh, I missed out the sun and the moon. Okay, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> There's six. I only counted them as one. <laughs> but uh, I think what's really fascinating, so six is even better, right? That's kind of a loving equality this whole idea of Uranus and Aries kind of partnering partnering up, I can't speak, partnering up to create disruption. Mm. Uh, And for many of us, we'll not consider it benevolent because we don't like change. I mean, as humans, we like to be comfortable. We'll do anything to stay comfortable. And 
to me, what I feel about this chart and what we've been going through is this constant kind of breakdown of everything. So we, we, we experience something and then we start go, oh, let's just pull ourselves back together. And then before we can start doing that, another thing comes in. So it's like being knocked over by these constant waves. So it, it's hard to get up, which is why a lot of people are exhausted, but they're really exhausted from over efforting and over trying to be positive about things or I'm going to make it work the way it was. And there's nothing wrong with being positive. However, we also have to be realistic in the sense of there's a lot of kind of wasted time chasing after something that we cannot go back to. Just like the Trojan horse. When that Trojan horse landed on the beach and all the people who came out and was like, oh, this is amazing. What a gift from the gods. And they brought it into the palace. Once that Trojan horse was inside the palace grounds, you can't go back to what was. Yeah. Like, even if you take the Trojan horse out, even if you kill all the people that came in, you cannot go back to the way it was. And that's the part that makes people very uncomfortable. Um, and I, that's what we have to realize about this benevolence. It's what they say about love is that uh, love is um, it's unconditional, but it also is recognizing that we just can't, oh, I don't want to do it. Okay, you don't want to do it. You don't have to do it. That's, you know, that's not love. That's enabling. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you have to do this. And I'm going to make you do it because I'm going to keep throwing shit at you until you kind of give up. And I think it's really important for people to understand the difference between, oh, you say you love me. I can do whatever I want. And yeah, you can do whatever you want. But the consequences are, uh, are either we do it now and we go, okay, I see this is different. Or we go, okay, let me just stick and hang on to what I know. And um, mm -hmm. and then at some point, you know, it'll all fall apart. So I think that's really a fascinating idea of how all of these fives are showing up. And um, mm -hmm. I know you were wanting to talk about Saturn. So I'll talk a little bit about, to me, what's fascinating is the 13. We have a bunch of 13s here. Uh, as well. So there's quite a few fives, quite a few 13s with Saturn and the um, um, south, south node, right? And 13 is a female number. So this is something important to recognize is we have, again, the female energies are infiltrating. And 13 is one of those numbers that has like a, you know, curse around it. People say, oh, unlucky 13. And that's because it's the number of the divine feminine. It is also a number of change. So even though it adds up to a four, which is what we talked about, the four, the sturdiness, 13 is about sudden, unexpected change. It is related to Uranus. And it is that number that will just come in and do these things, create earthquakes and, and you know, uh, water like flooding and, you know, houses burning down or just whatever it is, just being kind of turfed out of where you've been comfortable and you have to start over. You have to build new foundations. So it's very funny that, well, funny, I don't know, I say yep. funny, but strange odd and kind of uncomfortable to have these fives and the 13s which are also very similar in nature that it's all about breaking down the structure yeah and i think there will be some of that you know that jen mentioned and you know some of it will be very very uncomfortable but 
there's always the the kind of the the day and night of of both of all energies and i always um i'm not the numerologist that jen is but i also always see 13 as quite a magical number myself i um and and uranus as providing magic magical insights you know some of the like kind of light bulb moments you can get when uranus is involved can be uh, just amazing and um, and pretty life changing so you know there is going to be both <laughs> right and then when we think about the 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 lesson of libra which is to if we think about how our world has been it's kind of like a boat going like this right that's totally top heavy everyone's run down to the bottom uh, of the boat and it's 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 sinking and now it's like okay it's how do you stick with its bow sticking up in the air <laughs> right right <laughs> and so how do you kind of write the horizon if you talk about the horizon and the sunset imagine the sun or whatever being at some skewed angle and mm-hmm. not arising ri- ri- from the horizon and so we have to our actions and you know i always think about libra as being about breath for some reason it's just it's like an air sign <laughs> Oh, well, then that's why uh, it's like this breath. It's like we got to breathe through this yeah. and we have to allow the breath of whatever needs to be heard mm. come through. What's fascinating is somebody just sent me a link to um, Piers, what's his name? Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. Oh my God, horrible man. Right. Well, that's, that's judgment and opinion, although I agree with you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm allowed to. He's British. He's right. <laughs> to me, he's he's a snake in the grass. But that's my opinion. Maybe you have a different opinion. But the point is, this 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 thing is doing the the rounds because he goes, I'm a liberal, and you know how I'm a liberal. And he's having this conversation with somebody called David Shapiro, who apparently is also highly conservative. So, okay. but that's fine. You know, two conservatives talking. I don't have a problem. But well, I don't have a problem with anything. I just find it fascinating. He. So he's saying, well, I'm this liberal. And, uh, but you know, the problem with liberals today is they all want everyone to do the same thing. They all, if, if you know, uh, and he's alluding to the Me Too movement, but not saying it and going, well, because somebody, you know, 30 years ago made a joke about something and now that shuts down. So there's no more a, you know, uh, spokesperson on some event and then there'll be no actors and i'm like yeah that sounds like a very convincing argument yeah. the thing is it's bullshit right <laughs> uh, but it's it seems right this is that's why populism is rising because people are sick of all these people wanting them to you know destroy our world and to me this is what it's all about these people rising to say i did have a a horrible experience. I want to express it. I've been squashed in a box and I don't want to be squashed in a box anymore. Even if we don't punish the people that did these things, people still need to, to speak of it and get it out. We need to get this poison out of our system so we're not keep harping back to the pain because we can't move on. We're traumatized by our experiences. But by knowing that our experiences have value, who cares if the the uh, Hollywood system or movie system, like he says, breaks down? Because that's the Trojan horse, right? Just break it all down and let's it's start over. It's all a big over. facade anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's all a big facade anyway. 
Maybe right. So it's, it's not going to stop creativity. In fact, it's going to make people freer because how we have trapped our creativity by being, you can only do so much or you can do it under these conditions. I can do what I want to you. You know, the word populism, that sounds so pretty, but it's really about making everybody do what you think is the right thing, right? They're very good at twisting the story and talking about snowflakes. And quite honestly, I think snowflake is a compliment. I do. Snowflakes or individual, they're incredibly strong, right? Because snowflake is not bothered by what everybody else thinks. I tell you, one thing though, one of my favorite things now is with people like that. And I think I've seen that interview. It's Ben Shapiro is, is actually to call them the snowflakes because they're the ones moaning about everything. <laughs> right. And I think snowflake is too good for them. I came up with some name, but I couldn't remember what it was. Oh, it was like dirty snowflake or something like that. It was like something uh, like a muddy. Like a... I do think snowflakes are beautiful. So, yeah, but right. but used in their context, it's, uh, you know, it's a big insult. For them. Well, they're they, they, they scared. We're not scared of expressing ourselves. They're scared of things changing. So, exactly. you know, who's the weaker one, right? Exactly. <laughs> fragile little being <gasps> right fragile maybe that's what we should call them fragile <laughs> egos they are but that does bring me what jen's saying to that saturn south node actually um at 13 um uh, that's that really magical uh disruptive number because the south node is the releasing end of the nodes it's the it's what we have to leave behind it's what being what's being got rid of and in Saturn, this is the third, third, it might be more than that, that they've crossed. They've been back and forth a bit because of retrogrades. But this is the last time they're going to cross each other in Capricorn, um, right on the day of the new moon. Um, and uh, Saturn in Capricorn, of course, is 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 the institutions, the rules, even though it's a deeply um, yin feminine sign. <laughs> but this is asking us um, to move into kind of the wise elder, uh, all these aspects that keep happening with Saturn. Mm. And, and this is moving away from this rigid patriarchal view of what um, the rules and authority is so how how apt that jen was talking about that because they're so threatened and believe me this saturn crossing over the south node again is going to challenge them even more <laughs> <laughs> right uh, the unfortunate side of this is as much as we enjoy it the unfortunate side is fear does uh, make bring out the worst in people and so we we cannot get caught up in it and i think that's the lesson of saturn right saturn is telling us be disciplined be focused and don't get caught in fear because saturn uh, will crush you with fear if you have fear you will be crushed it's the real shadow of saturn yeah right and that's also the power of these type of populists or these uh, these fragile fragilities, these little fragiles, or whatever we'll call them, fragiles. Uh, We're uh, probably going to get some hate comments for this. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> People are allowed to hate. See, we are liberals. We don't. Well, I mean, I can't speak for Louise, but I know I'm a liberal, and I don't mind if people have a different opinion. I have no label. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, but. Um, so yes, when people use force against us or use, um, like I noticed that a lot of these bullies that are leaders tend to 
uh, and just bullies in general tend to, if they don't have an answer for you, they either give you a, a convincing argument that sounds real or they insult you. And so you get distracted or they force you. So they use some kind of force to hurt you mm -hmm. so that you will bend to their will. And, um, and there is going to be that resistance. Right. There is going to be resistance. So it's recognizing that it can be terrifying, but you still have to stand in your, you have to stand your ground. You have to um, stand on your own two feet. You have to connect to that divine energy and that truth that's beyond the fear of these people that are, um, you know, trying to control us. And I would say, you know, Saturn in Capricorn is very associated with the bones, the skeleton, stand in the bones of who you know yourself to be, you know. Right. And yeah. teeth. Well, yeah. Saturn is also about teeth. And this is about the teeth, you know, getting your teeth into something and really mm -hmm. um, being willing to hold on to what you believe in and which, not. Which we'll refer back to when I read my symbol, teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to mention as well at 13 degrees, um, series at 13 yes. degrees of Sagittarius. And, and you know, she's been. Track, tracking um uh jupiter in sagittarius i think she does catch up eventually uh but she's the great mother referring back to my cards so there's an awful lot of this earthy getting back to the earth energy yet again but thinking about it too i think there's going to be an awful lot more coming up because it's becoming crucial that we talk about climate it's becoming it's the most important thing we have to deal with and um and that's becoming rapidly more and more apparent by the day and and so i do think there's going to be a lot more of that coming up from this new moon um and hopefully bringing some new innovation new ideas you know we've got um, that young lady what's her name greta yes she's here talking about it there's some stuff going on in new york that she's here for with the climate town hall you know it's people are waking up which is is another aspect of the uranus um kind of eris energy it wakes you up to the facts that really we have to do something about that you know we've discovered that re recycling plastics is a waste of time now because they just throw them into a thing and don't do anything with them so <laughs> you know that's a waking up as well um the aim now is to actually buy less plastic <laughs> use less plastic and things like that um so it's cre less plastic stuff is created um, but, you know, there's a radicality to this chart, I think, as well, um, taking into account what Jen said about the number 13 and then the Uranus and Eris. The, it, it's asking for radical change to come, radical creative change, though. Um, like, how can I do this differently? How can I think differently? How can I create my world differently? So. Right. And the other aspects of the 13 is this is the number of uh, renewal. So this is the Phoenix number or death. This is about death and reformation or dismembering so that we can remember, right? 
And four is the number of the Earth, as well as we have Venus, very uh, well, Tor uh, Taurus and Libra and Venus, very active. These are all very earthy. Uh, and so is Saturn. I mean, to me, the Saturn is the part that kind of brings us to Earth and kind of makes us deal with all this stuff. And when you think about plastic, although there is some positive or has been positive aspects to the plastic, uh, plastic is like one of those things we do to avoid doing what needs to be done. It's like, oh, it's so convenient. We can wrap everything in plastic. Mm -hmm. And we can do all this in plastic and uh, it's, it's poison, right? So we're wrapping food in this. If you put it in the microwave, it just leaches into your food. Um, and then, and then, and then we're, feeling, and then we're feeling virtuous because we've got our blue recycle bin or whatever color it is where you live. And we throw all that plastic we bought in that recycle bin where it's been shipped off to China for years. And China is now rejecting all yeah. the trash. So there's another thing here. We've, you know, we've kind of trashed places like China. It's kind of interesting, right? Even though they have been uh, focused on building the economy and all of that, they've taken all the trash, but they've also been doing things. Uh, uh, you know, we may not agree with all the things they've done, but however, uh, they're at the point where we don't want this trash. And this is when we're going like, instead of saying, what else can we do? How can we bury this trash? Let's stop using so much plastic. Let's stop being so wasteful. I mean, quite honestly, we can go to the grocery store and pick up our vegetables and put it in a material bag or just... Uh, um, Although yeah, we my, don't need grocery, my grocery store has composting compostable fruit bags now right well ours does too but still compostable yeah, but still, how compostable is it still plastic you know they're um different. they're different yeah but I, I think the bottom line is we have used resources mm -hmm. uh, and i'm just as i'm guilty as you know oh, of course we all are uh, we have used resources uh, unnecessarily like it's too easy to use it on the other hand, the positive side of plastic and what they say from research is that it's actually helped to um, change the energy of the male energy to kind of make it uh, more feminine or softer. So that's a good thing, right? I mean, it's really helping us that more males are uh, engaged in being more feminine and recognizing, hey, I have feelings too. You know, I don't have to be this fake... Um, you know, person, aggressive person or whatever. Alpha, alpha male type, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah. I mean, but the plastic thing was just a, a kind of an example of kind of what we're waking up to, really. You know, we're waking right. up but to, it's Yeah, yeah. It's a good example because we all use it and it affects all of us, right? Yeah. My aim now personally is to um, buy everything without plastic packaging if possible you know and i'll i'll probably will slip at times there'll be you know <laughs> but we've we can all just try so much harder than you know that's the thing so i moved to a can instead of a bottle of my drink that i like because that's easily recyclable <laughs> and it does go back into the earth breaks down <laughs> so right. But fortunately, too, there are a lot of people creating new things, yeah. working with what we have. To with create. different hemp and things that degrades. Yeah, there's lots of things being created. 
Right, which is the innovation. It's just like letting go of convenience and going, what's the innovative thing that's going to take some work and some effort on our part to put in place uh, climate, uh, monetary system, uh, even the way we live on the land and even the way we treat each other or allow each other to be differentiated by because we're possessive about our things. Um, so. so even though this is an air sign, um, which is very of the mind and the breath, as, as Jen said, it, it, we are, it is also because of the Venus connection connected with Taurus, which is a very earthy sign. Then we have the Saturn. You know, there's a lot about in this about who are we in relation to the physical world. And, and that we, had, we didn't even mention the opposition to Chiron yet, you know, in Aries, which is heal, the key to healing. Who am I in relationship to us and then the rest of the world? <laughs> Uh, Chiron in Aries is saying, you know, it starts with you, really. You're the key to healing. You don't just expect them to sort it out for you, which is uh, Saturn in Capricorn, really, <laughs> or how we've looked at Saturn in Capricorn. <laughs> Absolutely. Although I think sometimes when you talk about these bigger subjects, it can feel very overwhelming. Like when you talk about the situation of the Earth uh, and climate change, it can feel very um, overwhelming and make us feel like bad about ourselves, which isn't the idea. The idea is, you know, it's just accepting. We were all in this together. We all did this. And, you know, I always say one thing. Yeah, we can do one thing. Just awareness makes a difference, right? Yeah. Just choosing to maybe, like you say, not use, um, you know, try to avoid using plastic or whatever it is. And I think buy bottled water if you can help it. Well, it wasn't, didn't right. one of the bottled com- water companies this week and admit that it's just tap water. Oh, they finally admitted it, even though they've been saying that oh, for. Yeah. I mean, we knew, but they've actually admitted it and people right. can buy it, you know, carry your, re- your refurbish. <laughs> Just little things, you know, this doesn't have to be overwhelming. And I know we're not trying to make anybody feel bad. This is a process. You know, we'll have another Libra new moon next year. (laughs) It's just, yeah. Yes, it's a process, but it's also recognition that, right, things are messed up and we don't have to fix everything today on our own. We can, we can, um, start doing tiny little things, just being aware, you know, and making those different choices. Like what would you do different if the Trojan horse comes into your palace gardens? Like, you know, what, what would you do? Would you just go there? And, um, well, anyway, they were sneaking in at night, so nobody knew they were coming. So I don't know, but you, what would you do different? Right. When they inside the horse. (laughs) Right. What if they came out and they were, uh, uh, I don't know. It's 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 a complex thing now. I'm thinking about it, but there is going to be some surprises, definitely. I think, and some indeed, very much so. I I think it's a a fascinating aspect to think of how much we have the opportunity to heal ourselves through thinking differently, Mm. and that then leads us to doing things differently. And then, and then we also have uh, Jin mentioned that Vesta will station retrograde right after the uh, 
equinox on the 23rd the sun enters libra so that's equal day equal night and and then vesta stations retrograde in the other venus ruled sign taurus conjunct sedna they were conjunct um, on this full moon that we're recording this on the pisces full moon as well and we talked about that 27 degrees and nine uh, jen talked about the number last time but sedna is um um, Alan Clay, he, he's done a whole book on Sedna. He describes it as a spiritual cri- spiritual destiny through crisis. Okay. Um, and that's what a lot of his research is telling him about her. And she's kind of the outermost level of our consciousness at the moment. And, and Vesta, we've talked about before, is that flame, that the hearth. And, and there she is in, in a Venus ruled Earth sign again as well. So, you know, we've. Good. there's there's so much um in this um about our humanness about the natural world not just our humanness but the but the nature as well and and all that yeah yeah and i think being held in love we think of all the female energy that's here all the male energy that's in female signs or, or about this idea of i love you even though you have done things it doesn't matter i still love you and now let's go and do these things together and i think that's the key here with this libra moon Mm. is recognizing there is a a um, not only a connection between when i do something it affects someone else but also how we get closer to each other uh, so that we're actually working towards the same things Um, even if we're in different groups and we're creating things it's still good right we're not going to conquer the world or change everyone's minds in in this short amount of time unless some miracle happens right manna sprays from heaven and everyone is transformed uh, but i think uh, in practically talking about the earth is recognizing with these signs the earth is telling us that she's okay right i mean the earth does not need us the earth can boot us off in a second we need her yeah. so, yeah, right. Well, we're gone. <laughs> right. So what do we want to do with this? What do we want to do with the place we live in? I think that's the key. This is our home base. Yeah. And what do we want to do? How do we want to treat our home and ourselves, our bodies in our home? Yeah, because right. yeah, we've been poisoning ourselves as well as, as well as Mother Earth that will survive us. Um, but we didn't, as well, talking, reflecting on that as well, you know, um, we talked about Saturn on the south node in Capricorn, but of course that means Saturn's opposing the north node in Cancer for the for the last time this time in these signs. And Cancer is is ruled by the moon, and that's another nurturing, caring, loving, receptive, feely, touchy energy. I'm trying to get away from saying masculine and feminine only because I am um, this book I'm writing. I'm <laughs> I'm because you know in researching the book you know Jen already said it we're we're in this together we're in this big entanglement and we're closer than all this separation that um, we've lived under for thousands of years indicates we're in complete entanglement with each other with the earth with all that's on it with the universe it's this one big entangled web (laughs) and quantum 
uh, science is actually talking about entanglement as well. So, you know, <laughs> we're, right. we're realizing finally that we're all dependent on each other. <laughs> exactly. And so the best way to be independent or be independent in a dependent society or where we are in it together, interdependent, what they call it, yeah. uh, is to speak our truth. And remembering that's the 21st century, right? The, uh, this is all about speaking our truth. Yeah. Uh, being able to say what we think kindly, or as kindly as we can, and not do things we think we're supposed to, which is all of this kind of coming back to that idea of what I was talking about, of these people talking about us, and insulting us so that we will go back into our holes and stop being who we are. Um, that's us not speaking our truth. That's them speaking their truth. Yeah, I want you to all be crushed. Yay. Now we have to go, well, you may want it, but I'm not going to agree no, with no, it. you're not crushing me. <laughs> right. We want to open the chakras of the throat because this is also the Libra thing. How are you in balance? How do you receive the feather? This is what they say. I think the legend of Mart is that uh, to know you're in balance is to be able to equal the weight of a feather. And, and what will Taurus rule the throat too? Yes, <laughs> exactly. And singing, right? Singing is a very healing thing to do uh, if you're feeling like you can't speak your truth, that you're feeling crushed. You can sing. Right? Because that will help you open your heart and will allow you to speak mm. your truth. You can sing your truth. Right? In fact, when I was doing this class, I was doing a, um, it was one of these speaking classes with a, a friend, you know, too, Vicky, right? Mm -hmm. I was taking one of her classes and you have to go out and share this like, kind of stuff about yourself and it can be very emotional. And uh, so what I would do is I would, when I was driving there to practice, I would sing my talk in the car. Oh, cool. Yes. So I like that. Funnily enough, I've actually been called to uh, play music more and sing along lately as well. So uh, I usually like to be in silence, but there's been a lot more singing coming up just this right. Really? Yeah, it makes sense because it's vibratory and that changes the energy in your body. And remembering also Taurus is about music. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe Uranus is also connected to mu music because it's high math, right? So our bodies actually and our minds uh, actually change when we're exposed to uh, music, which is why it's so powerful to listen to. And a lot uh, of people call astrology the music of the spheres, by the way. Too. Oh, oh that's beautiful. <laughs> So is there anything else we need to say about this chart or shall we move on to the symbol? Well, we didn't. One other thing that we didn't talk about is that Venus is at 17 degrees. Mm. And uh, I know we had a 17 degree last time. I can't remember what. Oh, it's Mars and Neptune opposing. Yeah, right. We have 17 degrees and Jupiter 17 degrees. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. There right. is. So there's this relationship between them this time. Uh and both kind of working towards that uh, expansion of benevolence here that I that feels like it, or uh, allowing us to let go of what we feel indebted to. And seventeen and truth, Venus, right? In, uh, sorry, Jupiter in Sagittarius. All right, yeah, and the truth of and higher learning and uh, 
religion and all of that spirituality and, and, and that's kind of coming on the back of that last venus uh, sorry jupiter neptune square that comes before the new moon uh, just right. just a week before yeah uh, which is all about um kind of really getting well we're kind of just shifting our faith and belief what we truly believe what we really have faith in what we trust um well, we're being asked to kind of get clear on it, but things are being re- revealed to us. People are shifting and changing. And then Venus comes in and joins it. Yeah, interesting. Right. So, of course, the 17 is about creating a legacy, uh, creating success. This is about moving through this the objections of those who want to stop us. Like we just have to keep going and focusing on what we're creating. It really is important not to get disillusioned by the behavior of those who appear to be in charge that are uh, you know choosing things and going oh look what they're doing they're they're turning back refugees it's painful so we can't buy into the the and get caught up into it because when we get caught up in the pain then we go what's the use there's no use doing anything and we have to hold the vision we have to be able to go this vision is true and I'm going to walk towards it with my belief. We are breaking down all beliefs and that's, that's hard work. It is for sure. Absolutely. So yeah, I think I'm done on the chart. So yes, I do think we'll have a lot of insight coming in as well. Right. New insights. Oh, yeah, (laughs) very much so. So pay attention, you know, to any, you know, dreams, um, you know, rocks on the, on the, you know, road, things that people say that, that that kind of ping you, you go, oh, (laughs) you know, seeing new information is definitely going to be coming in, I think, yeah, so. Right. What's the one, I always forget the one that I think you mentioned with a little, the flower. Oh, Juno. Juno, right. She's, isn't she opposite? She's opposite Neptune. Right, opposite Neptune. So, um, yeah. She's kind of activating the energy of the full moon um, behind the new moon kind of thing. So pay attention to anything. If you listen to this fairly soon after we release it, really pay attention to what comes your way on the full moon, I think. Um, We've talked about her before. She's, She's definitely about, well, she's called the marriage of asteroid but she's about the rights of abused women children um the oppressed basically as well i always think of her as the flower of venus too because mm. she, she looks like a flower <laughs> yes so that's going to be interesting because there's going to be things revealed especially with uh, neptune at 16 degrees mm. things will be revealed and pay attention to your intuition and when you get a warning there's a be very mindful of any warning signs or intuition about, oh, don't go there, do this, don't do this. Yeah. Don't agree with somebody who you don't agree with. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I just before we move on to those symbols, I just do want to mention money um, because <laughs> Venus is money. And, you know, I've seen a lot in the chart for the whole of September, really, about kind of... Um, 
building your own financial security. And by that, I do not mean about hoarding more. I just mean, I just, (laughs) I just mean making sure everything's organized and making sure, you know, everything's where it should be and, you know, in secure places, even to things like securing your passwords on bank accounts and stuff like that, just paying attention to the details because there's so much Virgo as we record this. And then we're moving in. It's probably about starting to think differently about um, about monetary value, about what is it worth? How much do you really need? Things like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely a good idea. This uh, whole belt tightening energy that is. Uh, but not, us. not in a scarcity way. No, it's not about scarcity. It's about reality or practicality. If I don't overuse what's out there, it'll last longer and, you know, it'll be more nutritious. It's like soil, you know, when, that's why they would make soil fallow so that it could be uh, richer the next time. Like every year, certain sections are not grown and then others. And now it's just like, oh, we can just grow everything on everything. And then you deplete all the nutrients. So it's more about that, replenishing the nutrients of how you live so that you can feel healthier, more in control, like because everything's out of control. We don't know what's happening. But if we feel that I know who I am, I know what where my things are, what's going on, I can deal with whatever comes up. Judicious use of all resources. <laughs> yes, it. You know, just thinking carefully. Do I really need that? Really? Can I go and buy myself if I need a new top <laughs> to wear? Because, you know, I don't think, I think we don't want to walk around naked, really. But do I go and buy 10 cheap ones from China? Or do I go and buy a decent one that will last me longer from here and make it last kind of thing? We're just kind of shifting a bit with our attitude towards those things. Right, we're moving from a throwaway society to yeah. a society that actually values what we put our yeah. energy behind, and that's money is energy, right? Whether that we're talking dresser. about it or we're buying that? with it. You Sorry, one, have you seen that one dress a one hundred days um, project that's going around? Oh, I saw it a while ago, and it's big on Instagram at the moment. People are all doing it. They buy one dress. And wear it every day for a hundred days. They can accessorize it. They can put, you know, a, a sweater over it or a cardigan over it, or wear tights under it or something. But people only used to have one dress. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's not just yeah. about the dress, of course. But, you know. No, that's a good point because it's a practice of understanding. You don't need a lot of things to live a rich. Um, diverse life yeah exactly exactly all right then let's do yeah let's do the symbol then do the question i think okay so i'll let you do yours first all right so the um symbol what is it called the you are ready yeah i'm ready but it's the i've forgotten the name of the symbol but mm. Anyway, Sabian symbol. Sabian, that's it. Sabian, the Sabian <laughs> symbol. Something about the Sabian beings. Uh, Libra six. A man watches his ideals taking a concrete form before his inner vision. 
And the keynote is the need to visualize clearly one's dreams or ideals in order to make them truly effectual. According to a French proverb, what is well-conceived can easily be formulated. The process of interior visualization can be quite essential, except in the case of a creative individual who has become a totally pure channel for the descent of spiritual power and a clear lens through which archetype in the mind of man or woman can be projected without distortion wherever needed. In other in other cases, the creative act is less direct. A woman projects into the world what she has seen reflected on the screen of her individualized consciousness. I like that. So the phrase interior formulation in preparation for a creative projection of one's ideals or concepts. Mm. So it's kind of talking about making the ideas manifest, basically. Right. It's, but it's also getting clear on the ideas, which is yes. what we've talked about, right? It's like you've got to conceptualize a bigger picture. Uh, uh, so when we say bigger picture, it doesn't mean more things, mm-hmm. but uh, seeing things from a, a greater intensity that, oh, this is really important to me. And so then we can... Yeah. If everything's important to us, how do we manifest? And it's called sort of about sitting up, up above and seeing how it all webs together, which is very Uranus and, and thing, rather than just seeing that one little thing as well. So that's the bigger thing. Right. And makes me think about this, like in terms of if you think about being that figure who's looking at the, the maze, the cord, yeah. and kind of going, yeah. Oh, I can see how the maze looks from a distance and what I want, like, oh, I want to get there or I want to get there or wherever I want to go. And so I can see the journey before I go. And then once I'm on the journey, I can't see what's happening, but I know yeah. where I'm going. Right. Exactly. And I think that's true to the card you pull too. the, um, the, the Empress. Yeah. Empress. Right. Yeah. I think it is. true. Yeah. Okay. So, the other symbol is a baby with two sets of teeth. Told you we'd be back to teeth. <laughs> two lives lived in one, the outer life and the inner life, both approached oblivious to the other. The outer life of doing the right thing for others in extreme selflessness, the inner life rich with intricate and subtle realms to explore. No crossover, two worlds held apart so that service can be pure and the inner search can be pursued from inward ways. Dreams, futures, subtle realms are always there, yet the expression is simply whatever gives the most. And so the angels can weave beautifully through both sides and know them as one. Wow. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is. And, you know, it's talking about we've both got this, all got this inner and outer life, but uh, doing the right thing for others in extreme selfish selflessness, though I found that as a bit of a warning more. <laughs> don't, do the right thing, but don't do it in extreme selflessness, please. <laughs> I think I actually interpret it differently. Because okay, I, I must be reading that one wrong. <laughs> no, we all have our own interpretation. None of them are wrong. Uh, for me, I interpret it as do the things for others that feel right to you. Like that's, you know, it's just, just do it without expecting anything. That's to me is selfless. Like I'm just doing it because 
and I feel like I want to do it. I just love doing it. And it feels amazing. And I love to give because you're not asking for anything back. And then the interior part is I take care of myself and what I need. And whatever I give is from that place, right? So that to me is the but two worlds. Your own cup, yeah. I guess uh, I guess one of my habits when I was younger was uh, going to the point of servitude, but brought resentment. Right. So selflessness is a trigger word for more. <laughs> right, and both, and you know, it. I think even talking about Libra and the scales and everything is really important to understand that we have both. So we have to be careful that we're not, you know. We're not doing things because we think we're supposed to do it or because yeah. this is what we've decided is a good thing. You know, like in our minds, like, oh, that will look good. If we're doing it to impress others or to uh, get approval of some kind or oh, to look good in the end, <laughs> right, then it's not real. So it's completely fake and that has to fall away because that's what we're talking about. We're talking, we're talking about all of these things that are insignificant falling away so we're focused and living from what really matters yeah all right cool so we have a question now um let me have a look okay i'm not going to read the name because she gives quite a lot of personal details so (laughs) she knows who she is so um i'm not looking at the chart but um her name is ah let's say and she said I'm compelled to contact you both today because of the amount of synchronicities that I'm experiencing in my everyday life. And when listening to yesterday's podcast, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but as if you were speaking to me directly. Yay. Awesome. My husband and I are recovering from infidelity. I've always had issues with depression, anxiety, OCD, and PTSD. Since the affair, the OCD has manifested in severe pinprick, skin prick picking. Recently, after coming home from a trip to see my parents, I felt compelled to smudge my house. I've never smudged anything before. My husband's behaviour was off. We have an open marriage, but he was continuing to hide a friend from me after asking him several times. Things have been very messy and overwhelming. A hummingbird came to me the other day and unnaturally stared me down. Why is the moon having a more profound effect on my life? And how do I provide consistency for my kids and husband and relief from my picking my skin when the moon makes things messy and overwhelming? Well, it's quite a lot there. (laughs) Right, right. Yes, well, lots of love to you and lots of uh, compassion in your situation. For me, what comes to mind is skin picking, all of those things. You do not feel safe. That's the bottom line. It's yes, the moon. What the moon is doing is helping you reach your emotions that you're hiding, that what's true for you. So it's not the moon that's doing it necessarily. It's you responding because you're in a place where you do not feel safe. And the energy is rising of this feeling of, um, um, feeling lost Mm. so whatever you've agreed to whether if this is really true for you then you need to go dig deep i would suggest that you spend some time truly thinking about what it is that you want just because you're in a relationship with somebody and i don't know the situation if you both agreed to this or you agreed and and you feel that being lied to is making you feel insecure or whatever it is but this emotion that's rising is actually a call from your body to say pay attention to what 
I need help around. I need to get to the bottom of this. So you need to know what it is that's making you feel insecure Mm -hmm. and then um, decide what you need that, that will give you that security. And so you living in the kind of this nebulous, I keep getting this feeling of it's like Neptune, like you're hiding from what's true. And so it's kind of you living in a place that's very small. And so as soon as anything happens outside of that tight little place, uh, you're going to go into some kind of panic or your body is going to respond in some sort of fear. So, you know, it's time to really sit down and think about what you really want, what's true for you. You know, even telling your husband, I can't be in an open relationship when you're not being open with me because that makes me feel unsafe. It's not the fact of what he's doing. It's the hiding, you know, that's, um, you know, and so you, yeah, the moon, you know, I agree with Jen. The moon doesn't make things messy and overwhelming. Um, the energy can be generally messy and overwhelming, but the, the planets don't make things anything. And it's also not your responsibility to try and, uh, it's the, how do I provide consistency for my kids and husband? You put that first. Um, it goes back to, that discussion Jen and I just had on that symbol I read, you know, about the extreme selflessness. Um, and I mentioned the filling your own cup first. You can't do it if you don't feel consistent and safe and, and fulfilled. And if you're feeling unsafe, as Jen said, uh, which I suspect she's, she's entirely right, then you can't. You, you can't just provide consistency when it's you don't feel consistent inside you know so to help you you know do you have anybody to talk this through with could you uh, maybe do you know something like a journaling exercise to get your thoughts clear because it is a very as we write and I assume you know you've been feeling this more under this kind of chaotic energy we've got um helping to write your thoughts down helps you get a bit of clarity you know it, it just um when it's all swimming around it doesn't always um, really get very clear yeah. yes doing that or to do a creative exercise is also very good for helping you understand your feelings because we don't always know what our feelings are but maybe sitting down with you know kind of a vision board type of exercise where you're like let me just kind of play around with some pictures, see what it feels pasted, see what I'm really feeling and responding and allow yourself to um, let rise what needs to rise and then be able to sit with it. And how do you, your focus should be on yourself. How do I take care of myself? How do I fill up what I, how do I get what I need? Um, And for sure. Right. Having those conversations, going to see a professional, getting uh, some kind of uh, healing, whatever feels appropriate. Uh, but we, all work, we all work, respond to different things, you know. And so tune into what you feel you need, first of all, and then do it. <laughs> right. Take action. Don't just sit swimming around. You know, take yeah. that. If you need time off, a few days off, then you've got to tell your husband, I've got to take some days off. Yeah. The kids, you're going to have to manage. Yeah. But, you know, really, uh, this we've got this strong Pisces and um, 
energy neptune in pisces that's very much the energy of this this hiding and this not being very forthright not very clear it's also the uh, um conversely the energy of uh, kind of feeling a bit like a victim to it as well so feel into those thoughts as well and um you know this is not all your responsibility here so <laughs> right you can only change what you're doing but that's so it's your responsibility to deal with your part in it but um, right being honest with yourself and then move on from there yeah i did want to have a quick look um at her chart though Jim, okay just to um and and oh, uh, right because it could be something there that's creating a issue i know i know jen can't see it so and i'm not going to share it on on the screen obviously but yeah. this this full moon is right on your uh, or very close to your pisces moon and south node so the full moon is right on that axis for you um and it's also neptune is also squaring your own neptune so you're going through a very challenging time really as far as what you what's true for you what's um what you believe in what you have faith in um you know this jupiter neptune square is um hitting you um exactly almost <laughs> so, so your own mind doesn't know what to think so you do need to do something to help get you some clarity so something like the vision board the writing painting doodling talking to somebody whatever you feel works best for you right and the thing that comes up as louise is talking is grounding doing something to ground yourself swim go swimming do some physical walking those kinds of things work 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 in the garden something that's going to bring you back to the earth so you can feel more grounded and think more clearly and if you like gardening you know that's a very good activity to go out and get out there get your hands in the dirt and insights start to come it's, it's a good way of clearing the mind so it doesn't have to be any of our suggestions what right find your own cooking the bath <laughs> are great i find them very great for grounding yeah yeah awesome so i hope that's helped amy uh, oh, i gave you a name but i didn't give the last name <laughs> that's all right so uh, let us know please okay and um yeah, Jen, how can people find you? I think we've... Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes, best of luck to you, Amy. Let us know how you're doing. Um, so they can find me and on my website, jendishen.com. I have a membership site, a monthly... Me- mem- not site, membership, monthly membership, uh, Soul Pillow Salon, um, and my cards, Illuminating Journey cards. I have them for sale on my website. Uh, you can also Google me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I have a group, the Woo Woo Weirdos, the Light Club of the Woo Woo Weirdos of the World. And, oh, I'm going to change it. But anyway, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> you can find me. Uh, you can Google my name. You can find me all over the place. I also do a YouTube a weekly uh, card reading on YouTube so um well i'll come to me in a second i saw one other quick thing um uranus is um, almost exactly on your chiron right now in taurus um amy and uh 
that can bring up very kind of anxious kind of OCD kind of feeling and Venus and Taurus can be skin so it's very skin feels very skin picky when I look at it actually and it's right on the cusp of your sixth house which is also an an area about the health and and it can be a very OCD place too so you know that doesn't say it mean that this is causing it it kind of explains it a little bit you can still help yourself by doing some of the things we do but it sometimes helps to know that this is perhaps why it's peaked it's not just something your husband's doing or whatever like that you know so you can get help in many ways so all right so i'm louise eddington and um you can find me by googling my name it's louiseeddington.com i have a facebook page louise eddington astrologer i'm on instagram louise eddington um i have a lovely little facebook group too called planetary magic cafe that's just a real gathering place and it's quite friendly and intimate i also have a membership group and the book modern astrology so <laughs> just um if you like what Jen and I do, just come find us online and, uh, you know, or email us weirdly magical at gmail.com. You can email with comments also. You don't have to have a question. We love to hear from you. We also love to get reviews for the podcast. Um, if, if you haven't already given us one, um, iTunes written reviews are the real ones where it's at. So please, please leave us a review and anything I've missed, Jen. I don't think so. No. No. That's it. Awesome. So um, some of you will listen to this right away because I know we get a big spike in downloads when I upload it. So happy full moon to you. But this is about the new moon. So, you know, the first half of or the first two weeks of September has been very chaotic. I do think the Libra is going to smooth things a little bit. So look forward to that. <laughs> Still a bit shaped with, with a, a year overall is a bit uh, insane, but um, it's going to smooth a little. <laughs> it's all going in a positive direction, right? If you choose to believe and act in that way. Exactly. All right. So it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen. <laughs>